Welcome to the Scale Up Valley podcast, where we bring the best of the best to help you scale your business from 1 million to 1 trillion. Today's guest is Zaido, the founder and CEO at Superb. Zaido, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's definitely a pleasure. Uh, and uh, we'd love to know more about you and uh, how Superb uh, came. Uh, so let's let us know more about yourself yeah for sure and um, I love the the introduction getting to one trillion I mean that would be <laughs> the ultimate goal right um, yeah but uh, thank you so much for having me my name is Sero uh, I'm from uh, Superb uh, based out of Copenhagen in Denmark um, and uh, we are building the world's first guest experience management platform for restaurants uh, which is ultimately the first all-in-one platform uh, for restaurants to collect the tools in one and start collecting the data uh, to be able to drive revenue and uh, and, and increase retention. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. And and tell us more about the, the problem because you have been living in a, in, a, in a company before where you have seen a nightmare or a huge opportunity in putting it in the positive right <laughs> yeah well, I would say that's a good way to put it. I would say a little bit of, of both uh, I mean I've, I've seen a lot and I've seen uh, the hospitality world uh, close up um, custom experience is very close to my heart uh, I, I previously come from from uh, being part of building Jonah Juice uh, uh, before local Copenhagen uh, business juice Juice change to now a, a global one, and and you know one of the interesting things I saw there was that the culture and the and the the way that conveyed into into custom experience was the key to success and revenue uh, and making customers come back. Um, the only challenge was that that knowledge was only. Um, uh, sitting with very few uh, people, um, and I don't know if it was because they were more vested or uh, of of certain discipline, or if it was managers only. But it was very hard for for uh, a manager to to have an off day, so to so to say. <laughs> so uh, so what I tried to do, I started looking at you know how could I uh, combine the the systems that that we were using to create that that context right to to collect the data and, and be able to present it uh, to to the whole team mm-hmm. uh, when they would meet the customer uh, but um, but that was simply impossible systems were too legacy um, mm-hmm. and uh, and i started looking at the restaurant industry with the clear assumption that this was inevitable something inevitably something they have already um but to my surprise they were (laughs) they were even more behind exactly yeah Uh, they are using very legacy uh, cash systems cash register systems uh, post systems uh, booking systems um and have not really stepped into the future so uh so i left back then jonah juice because i saw this problem um and I started to think about that for 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 many months after, and uh, and then I sat down 
built uh, the first version and got it to market within eight weeks. Uh, and wow. it was a very, it was a very, uh, well done, very ugly version, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but it was a version that at least proved the point, right? That's, that's the point. It, it requires uh, courage also to ship it uh, early, as early as possible to get the, the feedback as quick as possible, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, that, that was the key. And we, we got the, a few the first few customers on board right after. And wow. they, they were essential for, for providing us the feedback that brought us here. Because, you know, the, the, the interesting thing you said, it was both a big problem and also an opportunity is that restaurant technology is very much behind. There hasn't been much innovation here. And I'm, I'm counting, you know, innovation for, for takeaway businesses out of this equation, right? right. So, so for, for, for me, it was, um, it was a, a huge problem, a very complex one, because Superb is ultimately building several categories and businesses into one. Mm -hmm. uh, everything from, from the point of sale solutions to the booking and, and payment solutions in one category. Absolutely. And, and we, we see in, in the industry, I've had the pleasure of working with a, with a unicorn called TalkDesk. And um, usually we have amazing opportunities in kind of very traditional industry that are playing in an old school way. Uh, and no one thought about sitting down and finding a new way of, of doing that. So, and that's what you are doing at all. So it's very difficult to detect the, the needs. And at the same time, it's so obvious uh, that I think those are the amazing problems to, to be solved. And that usually uh, have a success story. <laughs> I mean, you need to start somewhere. And, uh, <laughs> exactly. You know, and to, to be honest, I... I As investors I prefer... say, with a problem, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, to, to my preference, initially, I just wanted to integrate the tools on the market, right? Exactly. But, but it was impossible, right? So as an entrepreneur, you are, you, you are forced to say, screw it, we'll do it all from scratch. We'll build it all, right? And then you do it uh, much better uh and and uh, and faster so so that is key but now we're here right exactly so uh, how would you define superb it's it's a system that helps restaurants to improve the experience of of their customers exactly so uh, we we essentially have have brought together the the tools that restaurants use to to run the restaurant okay and the exciting part about these tools is that there's a lot of uh, hidden secrets behind them. And this is uh, data about you as a customer, as mm -hmm. a guest. Yep. Um, so we collect this information for the restaurant. We model it and we visualize it so that you actually can, can use it to greet the, the guests if they've been in your restaurant wow. before to, to, um, to allow the, any waiter go to the table and recommend you the wine or the food that you actually want. Exactly. Instead of asking you, have you looked at the menu? Exactly. So, so we, we are talking about uh, hyper-personalization. We're talking about stepping into the future with the help of the information that's already there in the system for the benefit of the customer, for the benefit Absolutely. of their experience. 
Absolutely. That, that's a good point. I have uh, dietary restrictions and it's a mess to always come in and always say exactly the same thing. And sometimes they forget. Uh, so there is a huge opportunity in terms of retention, because if I know if I go to a restaurant that always treats me well and knows what I want, and it's kind of regular in the way they serve me in terms of service and the quality of product, et cetera, et cetera. And they will retain me because I will go there almost every day if I can. <laughs> exactly. I mean, if I if I got a dollar for every person I've heard say exactly that, I would be uh, I would be rich right now. <laughs> but 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 the, this is exactly also the point, and and what we often tend to forget as habitual people is that we like to go the places uh, where we are treated well, right? Where we feel exactly. at home, and this is what what we want to help restaurants achieve. Superb. Absolutely. That, that's a great summary uh, that defines the hospitality industry, uh, where we feel exactly. ourselves at home. I think that's, again, simple, but uh, so complex and, and, so, and so important. And exactly. to share us a, a little bit more on, on where you are in terms of stage of growth. Uh, Superb is a, is a Series A company. We've uh, we've recently raised uh, a 12 million euro uh, round from um, various uh, European investors, uh, including Shinivik, one of the biggest in Europe. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, and we have hit uh, an AR of around two and a half million euros uh, so far. Well um, so that that is really good. Uh, we have entered um, uh, specific markets in Europe and and are currently present in over twenty markets in over hundred cities uh, wow. across Europe. Yeah, so that that is a strong accomplishment uh, next to also being around um around the, now it's going so fast right uh, around <laughs> exactly. almost last time we spoke it was 85 today we are almost 90 people uh yeah. and and growing right so many newcomers in the next months but but this is the you know you're, you're speaking to um to a founder on a company that that essentially survived the pandemic and grew over 100 percent in the under the first year and lockdown and um and, and additionally, and additionally, over one hundred and fifty percent the second. Uh, so, wow. so we are, you know, there needs to be one company that that is aggressive and 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 can win. And uh, I I bet my money on Superb. Well then, well then, that's amazing. And especially on in this industry, I I would say that. Uh, anyone would be a professional journalist, which is not my case, would ask, <laughs> and what about the pandemic in the restaurant uh, industry? And you have anticipated yourself and, and clarified it with, uh, with amazing uh, numbers. So yeah. I, I'm sure that part of that is related with, uh, with the need, the product, the team, uh, everything connected. But uh, we always discuss here on the show the importance of radical focus and sticking to a niche. So uh, you are clearly defining restaurants uh, as your niche. But there is something that you also shared with me that I enjoyed a lot, a lot which is um, creating radical, a concept of radical differentiation. Uh, you, you got me thinking about that after our uh, first call. So... Let us know a little bit more. How, how do you think about bringing focus into superb and uh, and what is this concept about? 
Yes. This um, this concept is actually uh, also very personal to mine, and, uh, and, uh, and, and uh, I started essentially as a young kid, always feeling very different, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and I used that notion in everything I do in my life, everything I dream for, and everything I think of is how can you master the art of being and doing things differently? Um, because in the end of the day, uh, you get noticed more, you have bigger impact uh, when you are uh, different from the rest of the pack. That, that is the, the ultimate thought mm-hmm. process behind this. So, so uh, you know, being radically different for Superb we are doing something completely complex, right? Uh, I already told you about how we are building three companies on the one platform, one, the, one umbrella. <laughs> the second thing we're doing is we are trying to establish a whole new category we call GXM or guest experience management mm-hmm. with, the, with the sole purpose of making restaurants understand that they need to leave the old way of working and move into the new way of working. Right. could also be named the future right so <laughs> um there is different perspectives and there's different strategies here uh one is staying on course in terms of your product vision uh if we roll back uh, to to the start of the pandemic what i what i saw was many companies in our space making a 180 pivot to um to uh, online ordering and takeaway and so on and so forth, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they've had a great amount of success during the pandemic with that. Of course, we've seen some great cases. Right. For, for Superb, it, it, the main decision was to stay on track and focus on our vision and our, and our path. And so, so we basically doubled down on our product roadmap that we've envisioned and planned before the pandemic also. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, we delivered a lot of tools to restaurants that could help them during the pandemic, uh, but we kept on uh, staying faithful to to where we want our product and vision to develop. The second thing is focusing on our niche of customers. I cannot count the amount of times where it would be easy for us to either broaden out horizontally and tackle many more many other industries in the restaurant industry mm-hmm. um, or a, a broaden down and say we go we target the whole um, segment of restaurants everything from the low end to to the fine dining high end right, right. the difference here is that most companies do that but the difference here is you cannot be great at everything we could also have chosen to become a marketplace, meaning we ship an app in, in three, four months, and then suddenly every consumer can, can download our, our superb app and they can find the restaurants working with us. But you, again, neglect what you intended to do because you cannot be the best at everything. Mm-hmm. And so, so uh, for us, it was about also staying faithful to, uh, to the mid and high-end segment of restaurants. So since the foundation of this company and until today, Superb has focused on the mid to high-end segment of restaurants, and we continue to do so. We want to be the world's best platform for the world's best restaurants. Mm-hmm. And, and for, me, for me, that is radical differentiation. When you stick to 
uh, your initial strategy and con constantly think about how can I do something that is completely different than the rest of the market is doing and what other competitors are doing. Because ultimately, the company that will niche down and focus is also the company in my uh, book that will win. Got it. So the kind of the Michelin platform for Michelin restaurants, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> close, close to it. <laughs> you make me think no. that's, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's, it's actually true, right? Because if you think about it, um, and, and uh, you can, tr tr yeah. Sorry. No, and that, that's where hyper-personalization is uh, most important, right? So that there's exactly. where the, also the customers of those, restaurants uh, are happy to pay more for that kind of customization right exactly exactly it's a, it's an overall strategy that is that that holistically is connected to your customer to uh, the product the way you build the product and that is exactly my point is that again you cannot be the best at at all segments so for superb we chose to go deep vertical for the mid to high end segment um and that is, if we stay loyal to this type of, 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 of customer, this type of restaurant segment, we will also build our product for them. And what happens in the future is the future, right? Whether we will expand horizontally, vertically, exactly. whatever we do, there's plenty of opportunities. But, you know, if we prior to the pandemic, for example, had already grown into, you know, massively into other uh, segments uh, or industries, I'm not sure we'll be here today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely and, and that's why it's also important to have kind of a, a long-term a mid-term and a, a short-term vision kind of doing the reverse engineering exercise from the future uh, to the present as you said um, maybe in order to get to the 10 million ARR 20 or 50 million ARR it is enough uh, with this segment with this product um, but maybe to get to 100 million, we might need to add a new product and serve a new segment that might be the low end. Uh, we don't know, but at this stage, exactly. we have so much work to do to get to serve this high, this high end and, uh, and mid end exactly. that let's focus on execution, on execution and, and delighting them and making it happen, right? Exactly. And, and it's actually, if you think about it, it's classic startup theory, right? It's about finding the early adopters. What I just yeah. see um, a challenge that, that happens for many founders uh, is that you leave the, the phase of identifying uh, early adopters uh, very early. Mm -hmm. Because obviously, and it's natural, you want to expand your market, you want to grow faster okay. and so on and so forth. But, but the, the more loyal you stay, the, the more loyal customers you also get and the bigger fundament for the future. And I think that is the true, uh, uh, the true um, value in 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 constantly uh, focusing on on staying uh, staying different. Also, this is a there is a lot of value on what you just said. There is the the typical confusion between the total addressable market being serving a very huge market, and uh, your company at this stage of the growth, at this stage of the vision, is serving a niche of that very big market. So exactly. we don't need to start, okay, that's amazing that we have a huge problem and a huge opportunity and a huge market, potential market. 
but we decide in the short term and in the midterm to focus on this specific niche. And exactly. when we conquer this niche, then we think about expanding to another niche exactly. within that huge market that we are serving, right? So that, exactly. that, that's what and I, I think that's still ambitious, despite being very pragmatic about it, right? I think, uh, you know, yeah. that is because the market is big enough, even the niche. Exactly. That, that, that's perfect. When the niche is big enough, then you can all, almost go to the sub-niche. Right? Exactly. exactly. And start slicing that niche uh, in segments and, and conquering segments after segments. Exactly. Good point. I, I love it, uh, your insights on, on radical focus. Let's move into, into the team, into the culture, uh, leadership, etc. Of course, it's very different to start up a company and start to scale up a company at this stage with 90 people. Uh, as you said, uh, you might be facing uh, more pain in or growth pains in terms of alignment, in terms of communication, keeping everyone on the same page. And of course, also this transition from founding team, I'm not sure if you have other founders, into yes. your first version of your uh, leadership team. How, how has been that process? What have you learned so far? So uh, my co-founder and myself, obviously, uh, were doing everything um, in the beginning, uh, classic mm -hmm. startup journey. And I think with time uh, for every founder, it's, it's the... It's hard to to obviously hand over a lot of responsibility and and mm -hmm. and uh, and daily work, but you need to right. You need to free yourself up to constantly focus on other things like growing the company and the team. Um, that that is the that is the classic startup story. I, I would say um, for for us and for myself also, uh, I've been very very uh, much focusing on building a world-class management team first so we have a great team at superb they are really every day uh, fighting uh, a great fight um, and they're led by some amazing people uh, also so for me uh, it was important to again follow the the cliche quote you know, to hire people that are smarter than you, but mm -hmm. as cliche as it may sound, it is actually true. So, so you know, what I've been spending most of my time time on is actually uh, connecting and finding the right people mm -hmm. to lead this company, uh, and uh, and uh, going from you know before our Series A, I started prepping that hiring plan. Right, uh, I started to to pre-sign a lot of these uh, uh, a lot of these people in, uh, going into our leadership, um, and that ultimately meant on the other side of the Series A round, uh, we had a fully equipped management team in place. So we cover uh, we cover every team, and you have a management team that works for the company and for you, together with you to actually develop every. Uh, team and hire the right people and that is much stronger than you going out hiring everyone yourself um, because they know what is needed um, there has been many challenges I mean for me uh, specifically and everyone who knows me will will know that you know I stand by people people build companies 
people build successful companies, right? That, mm-hmm. that is that is the deal. And and the big challenges for you as a founder, a CEO, or a manager is to constantly um, nurture that culture. Uh, I was so lucky to be part of building uh, the Joe and the Juice culture. It's it's been a it's, it was my pleasure, and I saw some amazing things. I saw how culture can drive uh, growth, how it can drive success, um, and so on. But uh, but I also learned that uh, it's way different from, for example, building a tech company. Um, and some of the biggest challenges I see here is. Mm-hmm. While you con- while you're growing very fast constantly, it's very easy to forget uh, right. your your people and how they're doing. So so for me every day when I wake up, the first thing I ask myself is is the people that I need to ask how they're doing. Uh, is there someone I haven't spoken to for a long uh, in a long time? Um, because again, niching down maybe also when you're so small. You need to be very close with your people. Mm-hmm. And uh, it actually, a lot of people say it's, it's not possible even when you're almost 100. It is very possible. So, so for, for me and, and my managers and my management, we are aligned about uh, how I personally also involve myself a lot with, with the rest of the team uh, on, on team level. Um, because because you really need to be close to them and you need to be transparent with them. You need to help them grow because they're here to 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 do so, right? Absolutely. Uh, there is a, a good point. When we we started this this call, um, it was interesting to see that you you were really interested to ask me uh, how I was doing, and I noticed that because usually the majority of my, of my of, of our conversations start, how are you doing? But people don't bother about how the other per- person is feeling. But I, f- I felt that you were really asking and meaning, yes. how are you doing? Could you share a little bit more about your life? I want to connect with you before going into recording uh, exactly. the podcast. And I, I felt that. And I even felt weird because I wasn't, I'm not used to uh, to that. So it's, and of course, again, you, you made yourself different, uh, from the pack <laughs> in, exactly. in that sense. And, so. and, uh, and I'm happy you say that. I mean, I, 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 I want to be also truthful and say, I'm happy it, it makes me different, but obviously I also mean it. And I, I am very much interested in connecting with you and knowing you. And then that's also, I think, um, interestingly enough it says something about my personality uh, and it and you will see that in the personality of this management team and the culture of superb um i really believe in the notion of uh, you you attract the people you yourself are uh, are uh, alike right and uh, we are lucky and privileged to to have found amazing people like that and constantly invite more of those and I'm, I'm actually you know when you start as a <laughs> as a founder and it's very you know you're alone and a small team you, you you don't initially think there's other people out there that are like you but it's actually amazing that, that you meet those people so you know to your point i i put a lot of uh, effort into that but but it is important it is important yeah. because the people in at this stage is the ones that defines your future success. Yeah. Don't underestimate that. 
I was just sharing this story and emphasizing because we we talk we have so much fluff about culture and uh, how amazing we are and and then uh, we don't walk the talk or uh, there is not leadership by example. I was just sharing this story to see it is coherent with what you are just saying about uh, saying about your culture. Uh, so congratulations for for that. And um, I think that that's also critical, something that you just said in the beginning, it is the founding team works on, on the vision, on the mission, on the strategy of the company. And then you have a leadership team that is working on building that. And I think this transition, sometimes it, we, we don't talk a lot, enough about this, how difficult it is, as you said, to, to go from having the founding team leading these critical components of the strategy and execution to having the leadership team doing that stuff in, in a way that uh, they have much more experience together to make it better than just the founding team uh, themselves, right? It's, um, that's spot on. And I agree with you. I don't think uh, we talk more about that because prior to hiring this, this uh, strong team, um, I was you know looking online and talking to people and were like, what does a great management consist of, right? Exactly. Because, you know, I, I'm this founder who's super um, focused and determined that I want to build a, a billion dollar, trillion dollar company. I'm, I, I want to that, right? And how do I do so, right? And that is the first question you ask yourself. Okay, you need a, gr a great team uh, to do it. Um, and I think as much as it's hard to, uh, to hand over a lot of that responsibility. It is also what makes you, your life as a founder easier. Mm -hmm. That you have people you can trust, uh, people who, who are committed to the same vision, to the same ambition of building uh, such a huge company. And so I think when you program your mind into what kind of company do I want to build initially? Mm -hmm. then you automatically also program your mind and your resources to look for those uh, similar people. Uh, and I cannot, I promise you, I cannot get a point at one person in, in this company today that is not deeply um, connected to, to that same goal and ambition. Uh, that, that is uh, at least what I get from them. Absolutely. I think that you just emphasize it again, another point that is critical, that it's not enough to have the right people on the right seats. And I think that's where all of us focus on. We need to make them uh, a team. <laughs> and, and the team needs to be more than the, the, the combination or uh, just uh, one member plus another plus another. So it, it's, it's really working as a team and being a team and this is kind exactly. of an art uh, so i like it to is. say there is the science of achievement or this is not mine it's from tony robbins and uh and the art of fulfillment i, I like a lot this expression yeah. because if you follow the principles in principle if you do the principles you will get the results but then exactly. in certain things in business and in life there is also an art a, a case by case situation that you need to apply some magic and adapt it to the specific situation to, yeah. to make it work. And, and uh, that's also interesting. Uh, we, and that could be like a whole other topic to discuss. <laughs> that is exactly from my perspective, the job of a, of a CEO. Yeah. 
like exactly that to constantly adapt and change and make sure we we find the right path right because um i don't see myself having the finger on the sauce at all time i actually uh, i just want to support wherever possible mm-hmm. right? creating the environments and, to make things possible yes yeah absolutely again it's it's working on the business instead of working in the business in the and business exactly there is moments that we need to work in the business uh, exactly. but specifically at this stage uh, you need to work much more on the business than in the business and exactly. before, you needed to work much more in the business than on the business right <laughs> so and, 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 it, and it's and it's actually super hard and i totally get yeah. it it's been super hard for for me also um but but i think it's super hard for everyone uh, yeah. to move out of one place to another yeah. for all of us yeah it's it's super hard because you we get, need you get, to transform ourselves into different founders, into different CEOs. I like to call it the CEO 1.0, the CEO 2.0, exactly. the CEO 3.0. The C- and and uh, there are some examples. I think it was the CEO of Zoom uh, who shared a, a LinkedIn post kind of two or three years ago. I've just decided to fire myself and hire myself again for the new year. So I kind of did the exercise of putting, uh, of writing down what is needed for the right CEO for Zoom for the upcoming one year or two years? And I've applied myself to that job <laughs> to see what skills do I need to build in order to be ready to be the CEO that the company needs me to be, right? And I think that's that's a great uh, exercise to, to do. And uh, we have covered the focus, the, the the team, the leadership, culture, and what about execution? Uh, of course, at the end of the day, we need to make the, the business uh, repeatable, profitable, scalable. Um, we need to create this revenue machine and also this execution machine uh, to make things happen at a certain pace. And that, that's the case at Super uh, with 100% year on year and 150% uh, in the in the previous year. Any lessons that you'd like to to, to share about OKRs, rhythms, uh, et cetera? Yeah, so so this is um, a tough area, right? Because this is also the the, the area that I'm sleepless, that I have sleepless nights over. Um, and and the, I have to say, you know, for me, it's the hardest part right now. It is to to build, as you said, uh, a repeatable and scalable machine. Uh, but it's also the the most exciting. Um, for for superb specifically, we have built a very strong OKR framework mm-hmm. that allows us to first and foremost uh, create um, a set of goals and ambitions connected connected to our overall vision. Secondly, it allows us to create uh, transparency across the company, across different uh, teams. Uh, But even though teams are distributed with their own OKRs, you connect the dots through the OKRs uh, on a a team level. Um, That has shown us that we can be very much aligned and have a very efficient uh, internal machine. now, when we set these goals for us, it's also constantly about 
tracking those, right? So we set up a, a rhythm where we have a, a bi-weekly management sync, we have a weekly team sync, uh, and we use those mediums to, to share uh, information and status on the traction of these, these goals. Right. And, you, you, you know, on a weekly basis, there might not be that much uh, moving the needle output, right, uh, mm-hmm. or outcome, but that's also interesting to know. Exactly. To remind people that we haven't moved the needle as much as we wanted to the last mm-hmm. week. We need to speed up. Um, so so the, the hard thing is to build an execution machine, but also to maintain the speed and make it faster and faster, right? That is, that is ultimately uh, the biggest challenge for, for me and, and, and also the rest of the team. So Exactly. I think that that's a great point to um, to keep that discipline of letting everyone on the team understand the stages of uh, how the key objectives and key results are. Uh, what is the status of those in a in a weekly basis, and also having this attitude about what can I do to help you out uh, instead of uh, are you doing that? Are you moving the needle on that stuff or not? It's, it's the opposite uh, kind of spirit is what can I do to help you uh, achieve those KRs? Because those, if, if we are able as a team to achieve those KRs, uh, we will be able to have, uh, we will be successful as a leadership team. And again, exactly. it's, it's when we start focusing ourselves on the success of the team instead of on the success of the individual. It's kind of having the, that spirit of joining the meeting and saying, wow, today I have a, a, a good session because my KR <laughs> is with an amazing metric and I will share the amazing stuff that I've been doing uh, to, to, to the opposite side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is, okay, I'm happy that the KR is on track, but let's let's see how are all the KRs in the company and what can I do for us as leadership team be on track? And that's when exactly. I get excited. We are on track, not I am on track. <laughs> exactly. And we are also very much driven by the fact that, you know, we can do a lot of things and a lot of work, but in the, in the end of the day, the only thing that counts is the outcome. Exactly. I don't care about all the output. That's also why, you know, I, I always encourage people not to, you know, just work hard, 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 like, you know, have the, the breaks you need, um, yeah. be off when you're off, work smarter. That, that is yeah. the keyword for us because that moves the needle. Um, we are a distributed team, right? So for us working in the, we have a, a model that we call casually remote, right? Which is a hybrid between having physical studios in, in some cities and, and other than that, relying on the, the virtual world. That also means that it's harder to constantly stay aligned um, and you need to trust each other, right? So, so at this point, I think we've done very well. We've, we've, uh, we are efficient. We are very much focusing on the outcome and not just on a lot of the output of work. But I do also see that the challenge is going to be another challenge when we are 200 people, when we are 500 people, when we are over 1,000 right. people, right? So, so again, it's a bit like what we discussed, you know, you need to constantly adapt to those movements, to those changes. 
Mm-hmm. So, uh, so for me, I'm already st- thinking about how we're we going to do this when we're 300 people, right? Because uh, that's a new environment. So, so it is super challenging, but it's also fun. Absolutely, and and that's why we we keep having these conversations and and sharing our lessons learned and reflecting on those uh, as we move forward. And uh, we would talk for hours uh, we could, we it, could. <laughs> but but we will need to wrap up with uh, one of our favorite questions which is if you'd have the opportunity to have a coffee with uh, with yourself at the beginning of uh, super what advice would you offer to your younger self this is also one of my favorite ones and and i would actually just i would say uh, an advice my younger self to to continue to dream and continue to um, to be ambitious, um, to continue to uh, work for the things that you want. Because uh, you know what? That's what I did when I was younger, and this is what I'm gonna do the rest of my life. Um, so, you know, instead of going the the old fashioned way and say you should have done better here, I want to pat <laughs> myself on the shoulder and actually say. Uh, young Cero, you did a, an amazing job uh, when you were younger, and uh, and it brought you to where you are today. So, uh, so just stay patient. <laughs> Absolutely, I think th- I think uh, that's the that's the best advice. And and um, I'm so uh, lucky that I have a a younger brother and uh, people who also have siblings, and then they're maybe doing something similar to what I'm doing. You can see that you have also influenced uh, your your mm-hmm. family and the way they think and the way they act uh, in terms of of going for the dreams right and and for for me as a young kid there was not that many opportunities uh, uh more probably more limitations in terms of really believing that you could do it so i'm happy that i actually uh, i'm here and i did it so uh, yeah Congratulations. Only 4% of all companies get to 1 million. So you are at 2.5. Uh, so you are uh, under the 4%. Uh, <laughs> so, which is amazing. Uh, congratulations. You deserve it. Zaydo, thank, you. thank you so much for joining us today. It was really a pleasure and you are always welcome to the show to keep sharing your, your progress as you scale up. Uh, Super. Thank you so much. I, I promise you, I think next time we'll talk was when we hit the 20 million. I think that will be a good time to recap. That's amazing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Almost a 10x. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Amazing. Great. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Zaido. And to you, we keep bringing you the best of the best to make your life easier, scaling up your business. See you soon and keep scaling.